0: Hello?
1: Hello, Dog Pairs.
0: Hey. I don't know how we got it, but I'm glad we have it. (laughs) Can you hear me well?
1: Can you hear me well? Yeah, I switched to my headset so I can be hands-free. I like this. I like Anchor. (laughs)
0: yeah it's pretty cool isn't
1: it yes it is
0: Mm -hmm. so the beauty of this is that I got you on anchor and I'll be doing spreaker um, at the same time
1: cool there's a new toy on the market that I'm interested in getting in, but I'm making sure it's a need, because sometimes with me and text toys, I just become a collector. But I'm going to shoot you a link to that, too. It's a it's a, it's a piece of equipment that lets you mount um, the minimum of one of one tablet and a cell phone, and you can stream all your multiple Facebook Lives and no, all at the same time, consecutively hands-free. Oh, wow. I think you can add some additional pieces and do two, two, two uh, smartphones and a, and a and a tablet. But um, I've just been researching it. Is this really just a true need, or this is one of the you know the add-on accessory pieces that you know it's compatible with GoPro and the GoPro software and all the different streaming softwares? Okay. Mm-hmm. Get my tam. All the playback is going to be a beast. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you for I'm thinking of so me.
0: Because I got you.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm on the phone. You got me.
0: I got you on the phone, and it says tap the two below to start making your next episode so mm-hmm. i guess we can um get ready to start um i'm trying to let kendrick walk through this door so it don't pick it up
1: Mm-hmm. It says two people are recording. Did they record our previous conversation?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, my speaker. We're going to
1: record. Okay.
0: I want to thank you for joining us tonight with. I want to thank you for joining us tonight with Organic Sister. I am so excited to have. An aficionado on the phone, the great E. Josea Higgs, who is a master cosmetologist, a stylist to many, a hair educator, but more specifically, if I just had to just sum it up in just one word, um, Josea, I don't know what I would call you, because um, guru doesn't work, expert doesn't work, um, but... Um, Sensei is probably what I would say just to be funny and, and to be quib. but I'm so excited to have you on, Jose, um, on Organic Sister tonight because I think tonight's topic is something that um, needs to be dealt with um, quite um, heavy-handedly um, because I get this so much, especially um, from friends and other sisters who've gone natural, and there's this big, huge crave um, to not wash your hair. And I think when we have a little bit of knowledge, we can be dangerous. And with the advent of the internet, it has made all of us dangerous. So it just really um, does something to me when I see women who um, tout, you know, hey, I don't wash my hair, or I co-wash my hair. And um, I just don't do that anymore. And 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 it's, bad for my hair and I go why do you think it's bad and no one can actually give me a reason why they think it's bad but it's because they've seen everything on the internet and there's these amazing products that they believe that are on the market now that gives them healthier conditioned hair because now we no longer need to wash because we've been doing it wrong For hundreds and hundreds of years, so now we need to co-wash. And so um, I wanted to bring someone that I knew who was knowledgeable about it, um, that was not only just in the industry, but sort of set some of the standards in the industry. And so without further ado, Jose, I want you to um, just give us your thoughts on what you believe when it comes to your clients, um, to the people you're consulting with, to the manufacturers, what are you saying? What is your narrative when it comes to co-washing and washing your hair?
1: Again, Dr. Harris, mentor, big sister, um, that that gateway between consumer knowledge when it comes to health and beauty to professional, formulation. Thank you for having me. This is a topic that is really really near and dear to me. And generally when I have a discussion about it, I mean there's casualties on both sides of the, you know, the I wouldn't say the argument or of the platform, but as for me, having 30 years in the salon industry, Topple with trying to stay current with current technologies that deals with the hair and the body as it regards to females. Um, you know, sometimes you said it. Um, a bit of information. Can I'm a firm believer in this information age that we call the information superhighway. You can be well informed, but it does not mean you're well educated on a subject matter. With that being said, um, I am I am anti advocate of co wash. One, first of all, you it's an oxymoron to say that it's a co wash when you haven't lathered your hair with a surfactant or a any water in the beginning, so there's no washing going on in the process. Secondly, because of the anti that that the, relaxer-free movement, it has caused a lot of people to explore their natural curl character, as I call it. And we've gotten it wrong on how to hydrate curls so we can celebrate and see the curl definition. A lot of people with curly hair have been programmed to just put a whole lot of product in their hair, which creates buildup. Now, some of the conditioners that people are using to co-wash I will not say it does not condition the hair. It conditions the hair strands, but it does not cleanse, sanitize, or moisturize the scalp, which can cause situations very there's so many different variables of situations that can be caused by it. one because of the gluten, the parabens, or just the the creams and ointments that are in the shampoo to make them pliable and fragrant can clog the follicle of the scalp, which is skin, which can lead to dermatitis and in extreme psoriasis. And secondly, it, once you're rinsing, you're only adding more product residue on top of more product residue that you can't see with your natural eye. Sometimes, depending on the density of the product, once you rinse and you know people who co wash generally do cold water rinses you can see the film building up on the hair which is not good
0: Mm -hmm. gotcha well um josea one of the things um as a cosmetic formulator you know trying to dissect the science versus what is trending One of the things that I, um, for years now, I've always said is that there's a difference between washing the hair and conditioning the hair. And as you know, we've been in um, meetings together and seminars together, and I, I tell people, it's two different things. You're either gonna wash the hair or you're gonna condition the hair. And you can't wash and condition at the same time because of the molecules and the chemicals that you're using. So when you're washing the hair, you need a surfactant. Mm -hmm. And when you are cleanse, I'm sorry, when you're conditioning the hair, then you need an agent that actually moisturizes. So you need an oil or an oil-based product or something that contains oil just like there's a difference between hydration and moisturization. Correct. And sometimes we're putting, you know, the wrong prescription on the wrong problem. So I just, I just shudder because we're in this age where, you know, it's built on consumerism. And so if we give you this product and we say that this is for this, then we believe it. And because now we're using our hair as a mantle and a mantelpiece um, for who we are now, I don't even think that we sit down and think logically, well, wait a minute, for years, you know, I had to wash my hair and then I had to condition it. Now, how can I just use conditioner to wash my hair? Now, I have seen some conditioners that have that have some surfactants in it. Uh-huh. And- and I go, okay, you know, conceivably, you know, that sounds good, but I also know at the same time that you can't wash and condition at the same time, because you just said it. Um, washing has to deal with um, the polarity of a molecule, the ability for it to not only attach itself um, to dirt, but it also have to unattach itself to um dirt. So it has to have that rinseability So you have to be able to attract it um, to the dirt, pull it, and then be able to rinse it out. And you're, you'll be hard pressed to find something that does that as a conditioner, as opposed to uh, a wetting agent that cleanses or sanitizes or disinfects the hair. Now, if there is such a product, I don't know about it. And I don't profess to know everything when it comes to cosmetic science, but there's just some some basic truths that we know that you know it just doesn't exist, and it goes back to that same thing that I've taught over and over again about when it comes to um, cleansers or the liquid cleansers. When we started realizing, you know, what there's an ease of use when we use liquid soaps, and so what we've done is. We've taken one product and we told you that you needed all these different products so what am I seeing for example laundry detergent liquid laundry detergent um, liquid um, dish detergent, liquid um, shimp I'm sorry liquid body wash you know bath gel all of these things are pretty much absolutely the same ingredient almost the same exact formulation with minor, adjustments, but if we tell you that you need this same liquid cleanser for your dishes, and now you need it for your clothes, and now you need it for your body, and now you need it as a body gel or whatever like that, we've now given you five different uses for this one product.
1: When Dr. It's- Harris, <laughs> I, I, I break it down to consumerism. Um, all marketing firms, or companies that especially like Sell you know body products. They know that ladies will buy a four piece collection, <laughs> right? Exactly. And, and they package and when there's some resistance to the information that you and I share, when I and when there's some resistance from potential clients or people who I consult, and I just tell them like they they found four ways to give you the same product and four ways to use it when you really don't need it, but they know psychologically you. you you feel more trusted if it's in a collection in a set and it's coming in a pretty box.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And um, I, I think um, the fact that we've we've become smarter um, because of the internet, um, I, I'm grateful for it. But at the same time- It's a double-edged it is
1: sword.
0: <laughs> it really is because we've allowed other people to teach us and, and a lot of times they're taught based upon popularity and not because of academics. So if I get someone that's really, really popular, like, um, and I'm just gonna create a name, but let's say Healthy Hair Susan. And Healthy Hair Susan um, has a blog that has you know a million followers. And so she spouts out all of this information about healthy hair, um, because the biggest thing that I've, I've is when people tell, oh, well, you know, I have 4C hair. And I'll go, what in the no, world is that?
1: That's a social security number of a driver's license number. <laughs> that's know? not a, That's not how we classify hair.
0: It is not. But, you know, you get so many people say, well, you know, my hair is 4A. And I'm like, who told you that? The, but because... The, has created this new paradigm. You're going around looking for products now f- for your 4C hair.
1: But she got the information from the manufacturer who also saw her blog, who contracted her financially to be a brand ambassador, quietly as it's kept, or not quietly as it's kept. So again, I say she's going over off of information that's come from the marketing department that helped them to help you to identify what they want you to use their product on on different situations because they didn't do it for the salon professional they did it for the consumer so the consumer could have a chart to govern themselves by which is still fraudulent but it, it's, it generates revenue and it creates dialogue and additional again as we say trust through the information superhighway and every so many cycles dr harris this is what i say you got people love people who have the million followers or plus Uh, way to go if you earned it the old-fashioned way or even if you bought them but they're not followers if i tell people x each one of those million followers to give you a dollar (laughs) (laughs) Because if they, if they are mm-hmm. followers, they'll do that. They are fans of what you have to offer, and they're looking for opportunities to capitalize and bank on what you say. Because, that you know, they don't. Then we haven't really in the salon industry treated curly hair the best. We we haven't really celebrated the way it should have been, like we're doing now. So it's really a yay or nay type of environment where the people who wear non-relaxed hair want to be part of a salon environment because we've spent so many decades trying to deconstruct curl till now all of a sudden the same people that was bullying you (laughs) about your curl is the same person that want to help you nurture your curl. No. And I, I tell you, like you said, Curly Hair Susan, if she got a great story leading to how she came to to get her formula in a jar, oh, we we going we to ride with it for, for a window until the next fix for the next person. But like I tell them all, all these concoctions that you're mixing up, putting on your hair, I call it salad dressing. It's a good salad dressing, but it's not doing anything for your hair. And co-wash is one of them things I say, your salad dressing, I I said among my clients, yeah, they made a good salad dressing with all the different edible ingredients, but not edible in the forms in which they're using them on their hair. But it's just, it's an interesting time for us in the salon industry and the personal, mm-hmm. the personal, <laughs> the personal, um. industry. And the fact that you as a formulated chemist and a researcher I remember distinctively one of the conversations that we had because you were advocating non-suffectant cleansers for, for people. But because we went so far to the left of the pendulum and we have so much buildup and product on the scalp, you're now advocating we're going to have to put the surfactants back in to help remove some of this excessive product from the hair. Yes, you are growing hair but you're not retaining it through the through the proper growth cycles of hair because you, your your new hair, which we call new growth, is the strongest hair on the head because it's experienced that it has experienced less everything, less physical abuse, environmental abuse, chemical abuse. But the mm-hmm. hair the hair in the mid section of the strand, not the ends, it's received mm-hmm. more of those things. So you might have nurtured. The hair on the scalp, but you didn't adequately address the needs of the mature part of the hair strand, which eventually is going to, you're going to lose it. So when you're doing your once a year lymph check (laughs) and have on your lymph check t-shirt, you you got, you know, you got a false reading of data. That's not accurate data for your personal self. (laughs)
0: Absolutely, and I'm so glad you touched on it because I was waiting for you to finish um, that thought because that's exactly what I was going to touch on. These surfactants, and you know, I am such a fan of you know um, the sulfate-free hair care products. But because we've gone in in the interest of wanting that natural wave Mm -hmm. pattern or that good hair, you know, we we bought all these products that have so many different chemicals. And, you know, I I guess the biggest thing that surprises me um, when I'm reading um, ingredients on the the back of a bottle is that I'm looking at all of the things that are not actually in there because as I'm looking at this, Mm. (laughs) it has to have this. And in order for this to be stabilized, it needs this ingredient. And so the biggest thing is, let's go back to co-washing for example, is that in order for something to condition, it needs to be oil or um, it needs to be oil-based or have an oil in it. Well, if I look at this product and the first thing I see is water and maybe, you know, some olive oil and some castor oil and, and some other things. And then not all oils are equal, first of all, uh-uh. because the molecules are so big. So even when I see that, I know that that is something that is not going to be good for the hair because that molecule is too big. One, it's going to, to even go
1: rancid. <laughs> exactly.
0: It's too big to even penetrate the hair. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all of these new oils that are going to be so good. And I'm just sitting there looking like, no, that's not going to even penetrate your hair. But I go even further. All of us know from science that oil and water don't mix. So,
1: How can it- something hydrophobic all of a sudden start getting along with something that's,
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? And so, and I'm looking at that. So, in order for these to even be combined, I know that you had to add something. And so for me, I'm looking okay, oil and water don't mix. So you're going to need a binder. So you're going to need something that is going to bind all of water together. And usually that's where all of the bad stuff comes in. Mm-hmm. It, you know, give me this jar and say, look, you know, I'm co-washing and whatever like that. And I'm like, well, you're not looking at, you know, any of the wax that is going to be necessary to find that water and that oil together or oh, the esters that are going to be needed. Um, have to stabilize it. And so not even looking at how you've changed the pH of the product when you add these things. And so sometimes we got to go in and put in buffers. I'm just thinking, oh.
1: Kind of like in your profession, in the medical profession, you take an initial pill to, to to micromanage one problem, but you got two or three side effects, and now you got to have a second something to control those things.
0: Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely, and and this this is not to to knock any kind of kitchen chemist. No, um, no. I start, you know, I started out in my kitchen until I. Realize, okay, you know what? Why is this formula not working for me? Because I had gotten it off the internet. And so, until you go back and get your proper training and you begin to understand the science of it and more specifically the chemistry of it, and you know that this doesn't go with this, this is why it's not working. But I saw it on the internet and she made it work. And well, one, sometimes, you know what? There's not a lot of truth in something that you're seeing because they go, oh, I did this and your product looks like this. And I'm like, I can tell you right now, there's no way that that product could look like that organically or even naturally.
1: Mm -mm. You
0: know, you're going to need this. You're going to need that. Let's
1: cover that, Dr. Harris, in in emphasis to co washing. People need to understand the difference between organic and natural. Organic is straight in the form that you harvest it in, however you harvest it. Natural is when you change the physical formula of it from a powder to a cream, to a cream, to a liquid. That's when it's natural because it's not in this organic state. It's still, am I correct?
0: I'll go even further Mm -hmm. and I'll say something so bold that um, I'll probably get shot (laughs) uh, when I say this, but there's nothing Mm -hmm. anymore on earth that is organic. Mm. And why do I say that? For example, we can go to the store right now and we can buy organic oranges, organic peaches and organic whatever, and it makes us feel good. But here's what we can't control. We can't control mother nature. For example, I may have decided that I want an organic farm. And everything on this farm I'm going to be very conscientious about. Um, I'm not going to put um, fertilizers, um, insecticides, and pesticides um, in that ground. And if I do, it's going to be natural and organic. Well, what we can't control is pollution. So unless you are in a standalone island, or land that is separated by, when I say more than 10,000 or more plus miles, you can't guarantee anything anymore is organic. Case in point is um, I'm a big advocate of shea butter and you can see shea butter all along. Oh my God, it's organic, it's this, it's that. But guess what? They have a big malaria problem in most of Africa. So they spray crops, for malaria, um, mos- for mosquitoes and stuff like that. So those droplets travel thousands and thousands of miles. And we've even seen that here in our country, you know, where I- I've even seen it in my yard. Um, I have plants that are now cropping up and I've been in my home for like 12 years now. And somebody has cross-pollinated something, a bee has come here and done something. So if you got insects now um, and, and there's no way you can really avoid it. So let's go back to, you know, whatever it is that you're growing on your farm. And you got bees, you got insects that are bringing in, you know, sometimes disease and viruses. But let's say they've um, been on some other plants that have been um, infected. Um with insecticides, pesticides or whatever like that. So what do you think that bee is gonna do when he comes over to your organic garden? He's not gonna just stop and say, well, I'm not gonna fly or buzz or chew on this or anything like that because yours is organic. No, he's actually gonna come in there and taint that. And that's why I say, I don't think anymore that we can say anything is totally organic. All we can say is that we practice organic principles, but nothing's organic anymore. Because we have soil that we don't even know what was done with it prior to us getting it. So let's say maybe, you know what, you didn't um, you're the first person that lived here, but what happened 20 years ago? You know, what was on that property before? You know, We just don't know. We wasn't here a hundred years ago. We wasn't here 500 years ago. So we just can't say that anymore. And I know for many people that that they seem like, okay, that sounds so absolute, but that's the truth. That's how little things get in. And so we can't understand why all of these foods now that are supposed to be better. But now we have evidence that some of these foods actually contain estrogens. And if they contain estrogens, then they got hormones. Where do these hormones come from? Well, guess what? It's evidence in the little children that we see. You now see little Jessica in elementary school, if not middle school now, with the body of an 18-year-old. You see little boys who usually, you know, um, at 13 have that deep voice that actually ushers them into, you know, teenage manhood. Well, you're getting these voices now at nine and 10. The only thing that can do that is a hormone. Well, where are they getting hormones at that age? Well, their body's not producing it. The only way they can get it is through a food source or actually through products that they're putting on their hair and their skin. And so most of what we're doing, we're doing to ourselves in the name of vanity, in the name of convenience, it's no longer convenient for me to get my hair pressed or, you know, it's no longer convenient for me to have the natural kinky hair because it just doesn't look good. So now I got to add all of these products. Well, we say we want to be natural, but most of our natural sisters, both the even myself, I am less natural than I was when I had my perm. Because I have to put all of these products on my hair. Mm. A certain way. So even when they ask me, are you natural? I can't say that. You know what I say? I'm unpermed.
1: I, I, I teach in my classes. Do you do hair that comes out of somebody's scalp? Well, that makes all of us a natural hairstylist. <laughs> <laughs> If it's, got carb, if it's got carbon, oxygen, hydrogen, nitrogen, and sulfur in it, and it came out of somebody's body, and, you've, and you manipulate it, you're a natural hairstylist. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. It's So
1: refreshing to hear someone on the research end help to reinforce what we're saying for those of us who are progressive salon professionals about because now we're having to address these issues as they're bringing their daughters in the salons. And I love it that there's a generation that already exists that don't know the horrors of inferior relaxer application because relaxers don't take people's hair out. People take people's hair out. And I tell people um, (laughs) relaxer is natural too, but however, We've done some caustic things with it, but to know that there are little girls with curly hair who have, who know they have an option to be or not to be, and they get the whole picture of how and they want to define what their hair is, like you said, it's a wonderful thing, but we still are combating a lot of self-content, self-endorsed truths. Like I said, being informed and being well-educated about a subject matter are totally two different things. And we have a lot of people that's, like I said, doing uber misinformation, and they're not data corrected. And people like yourself and myself and others in my industry, we don't Mm -hmm. get to do the fun stuff because we're so busy keeping our lab coats on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, And and I think that's one of the reasons why I am so excited about this new platform because what it can do is actually, you know, debunk and demystify some of these things that we're doing because it's trendy, you know.
1: Our oh, country- yes. I can <laughs> tell you how it started in my chair as a salon professional. The 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 ladies who were relaxed were seeing the growth, what they seemed to, see, to consider accelerated growth of the non-relaxed um, right. clients. And they was like, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> guilty. yeah and some of them they were not mentally or physically ready to dedicate to what it takes to wear a celebrated curl Thank but it, yeah it's such a fanfare and everyone everyone, everyone on their line everybody at their cubicle so don't leave me out I'm current and I'm progressive I went to see Black Panther I'm my condish so <laughs> I got to, well, that might not be the best option for you.
0: <laughs> and I think that you know that goes back to when whenever I have to explain uh, what being organic sister means for me, and and for other women um, that that have the same the same belief is that being organic means I can be me, whoever. That is, I don't have to follow a script of the natural sisters. I don't have to follow the script of corporate America. I am free to be me. I feel I am still organic if I decide to put you know, extensions in my hair. Um, I am still organically me if I ever go back to a perm, uh, which won't happen. Um, but I'm not opposed to it, and I don't look down upon it. So I don't celebrate being organic as if I am set apart from someone else in the sense of I don't frown and feel like, you know what, I'm spiritually mature because um, I wear my hair naturally. Um, I have not arrived because um, you, you have not, you know, I'm not more socially conscious. I'm not more awoke, you know, because um, I decide not to put that. Because when I break down the science, um, Hosea, the same thing and some of the same ingredients that are in a perm are some of the same ingredients that are in my, my natural hair care regimen. So for me mm-hmm. to act this way would really be contradicting who I am. It's just that most of us don't know because we've been sold this bill of goods. And what we do, um, even as a people, you know, when they tell us this is wrong with you, you know, but here's the, the key. We never second guess it. It's just like, okay, I'll take hypertension, for example. You know, we're always told that African Americans are more at risk for hypertension. I, I don't, I don't for one minute even want to say that that's not true. But what we've done is actually we put African Americans in a group almost alone, and saying, "Okay, this is one prescription that we want to give you. We don't question it. We don't second guess it." we go and we get our prescriptions filled. But if you still tell that same class of people, hey, you know what? Having a diet rich in essential fatty acids um, can lower your blood pressure. Um, taking um, yellow root tea, for example, um, to lower your blood pressure. And your blood sugar, actually, or apple cider vinegar several times a day can can lower your your blood pressure as well. Well, you know what people will say to me in the clinic? They go, well, will that interfere with my medication? And I'm sitting here telling them something natural, something that their body readily assimilates, that the body does not recognize as foreign, To help combat your high blood pressure. And the only concern that they have is, will this affect my synthetic? And I politely say, okay, let me, so I get my tablet. And what I do is I look up whatever medication they have. And then I bring them to what we learn as a clinical research scientist, all the data that we've collected and what that drug is known to cause, so I'm saying to you, you're not worried about. And I won't say a name of the drug, but let's say hypertension drug X causes liver damage, kidney failure, um, nausea, vomiting, all of that, blindness, miscarriage, whatever you want to call it. I read them that, but you're actually concerned that this fish oil or this flaxseed oil, this yarn tea or this apple cider vinegar is going to interfere with your prescription drug. But that's the way that we've been taught and we've been brainwashed.
1: And everything that you mentioned has a direct effect on the hair. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so big on diet and detox. You know, I did a recording earlier today and I was talking about everything that we have, every illness is always diet and exercise dependent. So everything in our bodies is equally the same way. Diet and exercise dependent. Mm -hmm. Your hair will be healthier if you exercise because Mm -hmm. it helps detox. Your hair will be better if you eat right. You know, garbage in. It's, you know it's garbage in and it should be garbage out but that doesn't that's, that's not how it works garbage in stays in because it's filled with waste and your body does not know how to assimilate it guess what it stays in garbage. it's a
1: shame it's a shame when the body doesn't recognize natural stuff and it does synthetic stuff
0: yeah. absolutely. Because we've trained the body. We've trained the body. And so um, I'm so excited about this dialogue. And um, I think it's a conversation that needs to be had over and over again. And I'm so excited that um, you're going to travel with me through this journey because we are really going to set lives. lives. We're going to change <laughs> yeah.
1: lives for the mm-hmm. better.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, we're going to
1: reverse. We're going to reverse the Tuskegee experiment on the hair.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. And so we're not going to hold the people long tonight. Um, Tonight we just wanted to give them a precursor, and um, they can stay tuned for more of it on um, the YouTube channel. That way they can go back and you know replay, replay, replay. And just get some of these nuggets. And so next time you're in the store and you're thinking about the things that you're doing with your hair and um, the products that you're buying with your hair, you'll say, well, hey, maybe I need to consult with my stylist." And you know what, Jose, I wanted to say, and I know I've said this to you um, before, is that you were the one that made me actually honor um, my hairstylist. And in respect, because I think far too often, you know, we can always credit our counselor or some or our clergy, hey, they helped me get through this or whatever, like that. But your stylist (laughs) gets a load of your life when you sit in that chair. And sometimes you guys are pulling out a lot more than you should. And you, you take on our burdens, you know, you guys take on our cares and you hear our stories. And, and sometimes we lay down our lives in, in sometimes the most intimate ways with someone that is doing our hair. not our doctors, you know, not people that we probably should, but there's something sitting in your seats, um, sitting in your seat that makes us feel comfortable and relaxes us. And so to all the stylists out there that are doing it big, um, and I don't mean big as in a platform or whatever like that, but they're educating their clients and they're, they're giving them the science. They're giving them the knowledge and they're saying, hey, listen, I know that looks good and I know that might look good on, you know, Halle Berry, but that's not for you. You know, I have a comb and I have some curling irons. I don't have a magic wand. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 this is what we can do with you and i want to thank you because you've always been you know straightforward with me with that and so, have any closing thoughts
1: my closing thoughts is for everyone who's on the podcast and who's going to be on the playback who's going to create dialogue with other people. Let's not make this a, an attack of what you're doing. Right. We, this is just corrective. It's not even criticism. It's corrective observations. Because like I said, I want you ladies to have hair like Louise Jefferson, not like George Jefferson. Okay. <laughs> That's the simple. I, I say that. I mean, I mean, I want you to have hair throughout your life, not just pictures of when you were 30 and up or 40 and up. I want you to show me pictures of beautiful hair that you're retaining from 50 forward.
0: <laughs> All righty. Hey. Yeah. Cuz the
1: the hair, the hair the hair is one of the organs that constantly grows on the on the body. So we know that it will grow, so we just need to create the customized environments for your hair to grow. <laughs> hey.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Organic Sister wants to thank um, E. Josea Hicks for tonight's episode on to wash or to co-wash. That is the question. I want to thank you for all the information for the um, boundless um, experiences um, that you've had and i um, I so want to say to you that um, being in the industry um, vicariously, I I should say, through you um, and and watching you at shows and and even looking at you performing and producing um, these big hair shows and these conferences and, you know, you traveling to many different places um, to educate other stylists. So I know that we are getting the word out and I know that um, you are doing it in, in such a big way. So um, I'm just happy that I know you and I'm happy um, sometimes to even sit at your feet. And so oh, I want to no. <laughs> so, so thank you and I look forward to our our next podcast uh, where we're-
1: yes, We can do some follow-up and show some progress.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And um, what's going to be beautiful is, like you said, the playback and then the comments and stuff like that. And then we can um, convert that over to YouTube um, and, you know, get some of those questions answered. And I'm sure that the people want to know, you know, uh, well, I have this in my hair. I use this. And what do you think? So I I think it's going to be a great platform.
1: Yes, it is.
0: (laughs) And so you have a great night.
1: You have a great night. And all of our our listening audience, I want to encourage you to brush up on your attitudes, comb through your thoughts, and curl up with a stylish outlook on life.
0: All right. Thank you, Jose Hicks. (laughs) Good night.
1: Good night.